comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry in Kumasi, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Part 6 of Running with Vision. Somebody say Running with Vision. Say Running with Vision. You see, you can run and not obtain. You can run and obtain. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and the verse number 24 to 26. He said, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. May you obtain the prize. I said, may you obtain the prize. He said, run that you may obtain. Everybody that runs, runs. But one receives a prize. Run that you may obtain. Then he says, if you are going to obtain, there is a way you must run. He says, I therefore, verse 20, he says, I therefore run not as uncertainly. So fight I am not as one that beated the air. I am not fighting as one who is doing something without aim, without objective. If you are going to run and obtain, we need clarity of vision. Somebody say clarity of vision. The Bible says where there is no vision, a people perish. And in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2 and verse number 1, 2, 3, it said, I will stand upon my watch and I will set me upon my tower and I will watch to see what he will answer, what, what he shall say unto me and what I, I, I shall answer when I'm reproved. And the Lord answered and said unto me, write the vision. Somebody say, write the vision. Say, write the vision. Write the vision, make it plain upon tables that he may run that read it. He may run that read it. For the vision is for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry it, wait for it. For it shall surely come and it will not tarry. I see your vision coming to pass. I see your vision becoming a reality. Shout a better amen. So we've been exploring our vision as a church. Corporately, what's our vision? And we said our vision corporately as a church is to build model world of faith. Contemporary, culturally relevant and excellent churches where people from all nations can be brought in, brought up and sent out. Somebody say people from all nations can be brought in, brought up and sent out. Now we looked at 10 key words that can be found in this vision. 10 key words. And those words specifically are build, model, word of faith, contemporary, culturally relevant, excellent, all nations, brought in, brought up, and sent out. 10 of them. And we focused on build. We've touched on build, and now we are looking at model. Somebody say model. That's, that's what we started looking at last week. We established the fact that God wants us to be model. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 1 to 10. A model. 
New International Version, NIV. He says, yeah. to the church of the Thessalonians, God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. Verse 2. He says, we always thank God for you, mentioning you in our prayers. Verse 3. We continually remember before our God and our Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by what? Hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4. Let's go. For we know, brothers, that he has chosen you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has chosen me. Say it proudly. I am chosen. God. He says, he has chosen us. How do we know he has chosen us? Because our gospel came to you. Not simply with words, but also with power. With the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. Verse 6. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became what? You became what? You became what? He says you became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. May we become a model to all. May you be a model to all. May Faith House be a model church in this city. May we be a model wherever we are found. And may you be a model wherever you are. Be a model in your office. Be a model in your marriage. May your children be models. Can somebody give me a believing amen? A model is a celebrity. Praise God. An outstanding personality. Someone who epitomizes excellent things. That's a model. A model is someone who is an example in excellent things. And the Bible says we should be example in word, in deed, in conversation, in purity, and in power. God wants us to be models. And we looked at why it's essential that we be models. We said, first of all, Jesus was a model. And then we said the early church lived exemplary lines for others to follow. And we said God commands us to be models. And then we said being a model a church or being a model as an individual silences the enemies of a church. Number five, we said, gives you a positive witness before the unbelieving word. And then we said that we need to be models because it brings glory to God. Number seven, we said, being a model. Number six, we said, it brings glory to God. Praise God. That's where we ended. Amen. I want to continue in the light, but I want to show you a number of areas we envision as a church to be models. Somebody say areas. It's very important that you understand the core areas we are aspiring and we are envisioning to be models as a church. Praise God. Now let's look again to Thessalonians. Yeah, First Thessalonians again. Verse number 7. seven. New Living Translation still, please. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. Verse 8. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. May your faith be known. Amen. I said, may your faith be evident everywhere. Amen. Look at. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. Verse 9. For they themselves report of what kind of reception you gave us. 
they tell how you tend to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Let's read that again. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living God. This church was a model church. And they were a model in one area. Which as a church we all aspire to be. They were a model of a saved church. Somebody say a model of a saved church. The Thessalonian church was a model of a saved church. Saved church. So we are aspiring to be a model of a saved church. It was a church that was full of believers who have, been, who have given their lives to Christ, who have been born again. He says they turn from idols to serve the living God. As a church, that's what we aspire to be, a model of a saved church. Praise God. It's not everybody in church who may be saved. And sometimes when it comes to salvation, a lot there is a lot going on in the body of Christ about salvation in our times. And you need to understand, right now, even if I dare to ask, how many of you are ready to meet the Lord if you should come? Some of you may not be able to lift up your hands. And you will not be able to lift up your hands because of certain wrong understandings you have. And I pray that by the time I'm through, you will come to a proper understanding. Praise God. Became a model church. A model church. A model of a saved church. We'll be looking in this service at 18 misconceptions about salvation. Saved church. Saved church. So we want to have an appreciation of people. Be a church where people in our midst are saved. In fact, we can even go back to verse number, uh, I think, 10. 10. Good. He says, let's start from verse 9 and then we'll connect the 10. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell us how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. So they turn from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead. Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Can somebody say an Amen. So, they were saved and they were waiting for the return of the Messiah. They were saved. They knew they were saved. May you know truly you are saved. A lot of misconceptions abound when it comes to salvation. But the subject of salvation is a subject we need to understand and understand it very well. Because that is the whole essence of Christianity. In fact, Hebrews talks about so great salvation. If you are saved, you need to be sure you are saved. And you need to be know without a shadow of doubt that you are saved. And maybe some other time to come in the course of a year, I would still further on teach in this direction. Praise God. Look at what Jesus spoke about. And we will look at the misconceptions from there. John chapter 3 verse 1 to 7. The Bible said John 3 verse 1 to 7. John 3 verse 1 to 7. King James Version. He said, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Please take note. He was a ruler of the Jews. He was a Pharisee. When we talk about a Pharisee, a Pharisee is a learned person in the law. He's lettered, well lettered in the law. So he's a man who is well learned. A ruler among the Jews. His name was Nicodemus. Verse 2. The same came to Jesus by night. 
and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. See the man Jesus is preaching to. Huh? Is it the person to preach to? A man who is a ruler among the Jews. A Pharisee. Well learned in the law. Jesus began to preach salvation to you. He said, except you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, this man obviously felt he was born again. Praise God. Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Look at verse number five. Jesus answered, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Verse six. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Let's go to verse 4. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Verse 5. Then Jesus answered, Very, very, I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Verse 6. He says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Verse 7, he said, Marvel not, I say unto thee, you must be born again. To be saved is to be born again in simple terms. Praise God. That's what it means. To be born again. To be saved means to be born again. And this thing called salvation, a lot of people have wild misconceptions about it. And so we want to quickly walk through a few of them and we'll zero in into some Important fact about salvation. Number one, salvation is not the same as befriending a man of God. Somebody say befriending a man of God. There are some people, they have never openly admitted and confessed Christ as Lord and Savior. But they pride themselves in being associated with a man of God. Some of them can call certain great men of God at will. They have their mobile phones. And by that relationship, they feel that they are born again. I'm sure that Nicodemus was surprised because he had been visiting Jesus in the night and had very friendly, cordial relationship with Jesus. So when Jesus told him, you must be born again, he was surprised. So later on, Jesus told him, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. Your relationship with me does not translate you into a born again sin. The fact that you know a certain pastor, the fact that you are close to Pastor Fokwa does not mean that you are born again. Can somebody give me an amen there? Number two, salvation is not the same as being a leader in church. Nicodemus was a ruler. He was what? He was what? A ruler. So you can be a ruler or a leader playing a role and still not be born again. Jesus said, you must be born again. The Thessalonian church was an example of a community of believers who were born again. And we want to be a church where everyone is born again and they know truly they are born again. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. So being born again or being saved does not mean that being a leader in church does not make you saved. Number three, paying tithe and giving offerings to church does not make you saved. The fact that you pay tight, the fact that you give offerings, does not make you saved. It's good to give offerings. It's good to give tight. It's good to give first fruit and all the others. But it does not translate to salvation. Somebody say it doesn't translate to salvation. 
You need to understand this for yourself and you also need to understand this so that when you meet someone and he begins to uh, give you reasons why they are saved, you can properly orient them and get them to think straight. Amen? Paying tight does not make you safe. Salvation is a gift of God and you cannot purchase the gift of God with money. Are you with me? Number three, being a respectable person does not make you saved. There are some people, they are very respectable. Very, very highly respectable people. Nicodemus was a ruler. Well respected among the Jews. But he was not saved. Your lecturer may be respectable. It doesn't mean he's saved. Your boss at the office may be respectable. It doesn't mean he's saved. The ministers of states may be respectable. But they are not saved. Being respectable does not translate to salvation. Number five. Number five. Number five. Number five. Being engaged in extensive religious activities. Number five. Being a member of a church does not make you saved. Somebody say being a member of a church. Yes. Thank God you are part of faith house. But being in this church does not translate to salvation. You can be here and not be saved. We expect that everyone who comes into our midst will be saved. But it is also very possible that you are here and you are yet to experience true salvation. Number six, playing a role in church. Playing a role in church. Singing, leading prayer. Going on outreach. All of that does not translate into salvation. You don't get saved by being Engage in church. Number seven, being engaged in extensive religious activities. You know, as a Pharisee, he used to fast three times, two times a week. You remember? The Pharisees fasted two times a week. They gave tithe and they prayed always. But all of that did not translate to salvation. Number eight, giving to needy people or engaging in philanthropic activities. There are people who say, I don't go to church. Me, I support the church. There are some people who don't even go to church, but they give to church. And others also give to other philanthropic organizations. The, the fact that Beget is doing a lot for the world does not mean that Beget is saved. Praise God. Salvation does not come through philanthropy. No matter how philanthropic you are, you will not be saved by your philanthropic deeds. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Very important. Number... Number nine, praying every day like the Muslims do. Three times, minimum five times a day, Abi. Five times a day, it doesn't translate to salvation. You can pray every day. Some people pray with the rosary almost every three seconds. It doesn't mean that they are saved. Salvation is more than that. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Yeah, salvation. Salvation is not the same as being baptized. You can be baptized in water. And you come out and you are still not saved. When I baptize a goat, it doesn't come out as an, a, a, a cow. You baptize a goat, it comes out as a goat. Praise God. So the fact that you are baptized does not mean you are saved. Salvation is not synonymous to baptism. Number 11. Salvation is not synonymous to confirmation. I have been baptized. I have been confirmed on so-so and so date. Listen. Keep that confirmation there to yourself. The fact that you have been confirmed in the church does not mean you have been confirmed in heaven. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. The way heaven confirms people is different from the way churches confirm you. You can be confirmed 
and you will still not be saved. Number 12, salvation is not the same as being a communicant or taking communion in church. They say, I'm a communicant. I'm a proud communicant. I was baptized, so and so did. I was confirmed, so and so did. And I started communicating on so and so did. It doesn't still matter. You are not saved. Can somebody give me an amen? amen? If that is your basis for salvation is fake, you are not saved. Number 13, reading the Bible every day does not translate to salvation. If it was, then all theologians would be saved. Theologians. They read the Bible like no other person. Those of you who did BK, some of your BK teachers could do wild things. And yet they taught BK. Praise God. Bible knowledge. They knew the Bible from A to Z. And still it was not reflective in their lives. I'm not communicating somebody at all. So Bible knowledge does not translate. As a Pharisee, he knew the Bible by heart. But he was not saved. Knowing the Bible or studying the Bible daily does not mean you are saved. The Ethiopian eunuch was reading the Bible. Was he not reading it? But when Philip came, that was when he got saved. So you can read the Bible and not be saved. Number 14, being a member of a Christian family. Being a member, I was born into a Christian family. As for us, all my family members speak in tongues. Listen, the fact that they speak in tongues of fire and tongues of men does not mean you are saved salvation does not come in a corporate organization. I belong to a corporate body of people who are saved, so I'm saved. No. Salvation is not an act that happens because you have gotten into a certain atmosphere, so diffusion and osmosis occur and you become a partaker of it. Salvation is not like that. Somebody says salvation is not like that. Good. Now, number 15, being a moralist. There are some people that say, I don't tell a lie. I don't fornicate. I'm better than most of the people in the church. I, I, I mean, I, you, this church-going people, you don't even tell the truth. Me, I, I don't, what I hate in my life is lies. When I say white, I say white. When I say black, it's black. Listen, thank you for your principles. Thank you for your morality. But morality is not same as salvation. Can somebody give me an Amen. We agree and we believe that some people are so principled that they will not tell a lie. But not telling a lie does not mean you are saved. Yeah, because salvation is more than not telling a lie. Number, being rich or poor. Lazarus was poor, saved. The rich man was rich and saved. Abraham was rich, saved. Lazarus died poor, saved. So, being rich or poor is not synonymous to salvation. Wealth is a product of choices. And a believer can make choices that can bring him into wealth. An unbeliever can make choices that can bring him to wealth. Wealth it does not, is not a symbol of salvation at all. Can somebody give me an amen there? Number 17. Knowing and saying and using Christ, Christian cliches and jargons does not make you safe. The Lord bless you. Yeah, the Lord bless you. Lovers of God, lovers of God. Listen, all of that, you can do all of that and not be saved. Salvation is not in responding appropriately to cliches. That's not it. Being a member of a particular denomination, 18, does not make you safe. Being a member. I am a proud member. You see it written behind the cars of people. I'm a proud member of the Church of Pentecost. Listen, thank God for your membership. It doesn't mean that you have a registration card in heaven. Can somebody give me a name in there?
There are some churches that also believe that unless you are a part of that church, you are not even saved. Listen, there is no church that has capacity to save anybody. The Bible said, if any man be in Christ, it didn't say if any man be in a church. You can be in a church and not be in Christ. Praise God. So being a member of a particular denomination, faith house, light house, uh, Catholic, or whatever, it doesn't make you save at all. Praise God. Praise God. Now, having established certain vital misconceptions about salvation, I want to walk you through 12 scriptural truths about salvation in Christ. And I want you to open up your spirit and throw away some of your traditional mindset because you may, you may find a difficulty along the line. Praise God. If you are very religious in your thinking, it may affect you a bit. Number one, the first scriptural truth about salvation is that salvation is by grace and grace alone. Somebody says grace and grace alone. Or oh, say louder, grace and grace alone. Salvation is by grace and grace alone. Salvation is by grace and grace alone. If I ask you tomorrow or tonight, right now, if Jesus comes, will you go with him? Immediately, your mind begins to go on somebody you insulted. Immediately. Or if you have a boyfriend and you fornicated, that's where your mind is going to. Yeah. That's where your mind is going. The reason why you can't boldly say, I'm ready for heaven, is because you think you fornicated. I'm sorry for you. That is wrong. Praise God. Your fornication is bad, but salvation is not by fornication. You are not saved because you don't fornicate. You are saved by grace and by grace alone. Can somebody give me an amen there? That's salvation. Salvation is by grace and grace alone. Look at what the Bible says. Grace and grace alone. Please don't try and add anything to it. Yeah, we have added a lot of things to salvation. But salvation is just by grace and grace alone. Grace and grace. Alone. Say grace and grace. Alone. Whatever you have in your mind is not part of salvation. Salvation, Edwin, is by grace and grace alone. That's all. Grace and grace alone. Anything else that you add to salvation makes it not salvation. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9. Look at that. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Look at this. For by grace you are what? Please look at it with me. By grace you are. You are grace. By grace you are. By grace you are. Through faith. And that not of your. That not of your. It is there. Verse 9. Look at that. He says. Verse 9. Not of works. Lest any man should. This is where a lot of people are having problems. Not of works. Not of works. The moment you are entering heaven because you are not a fornicator, you are entering because of works. Can somebody give me an amen there? You are entering because of works. Not of works. Not of works. Not of works. Because I'm not a liar, me, I don't lie, so I'm going to heaven. Listen. <laughs> that is not your lie, or your, even when you are not lying, your righteousness is like a fetal rock. The thing that has been credited to your account is the righteousness of Christ. Can somebody give me an amen here? Very important. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. You see, when it comes to salvation, God doesn't want you to take any credit in me as part of it at all. Salvation. There is a place of purity and I will talk about it. But I don't want you to live with the mindset that you are going to heaven because 
you are you are you don't fornicate, you don't commit adultery, that's what is taking you to heaven. Then you are not going to the kind of heaven that Jesus died for. Praise God. Because that kind of heaven we enter there by grace and grace alone. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Now look at uh, Ephesians 2 verse 4 and 5. Let's quickly look at it. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us. He said, even when we were dead in sins, he had quickened us together with him, with, together with Christ. By grace you are what? Amen. By grace you are what? Amen. Good. Now come with me to Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. He said, for the grace of God that bringeth what? Salvation. So where does salvation come from? The grace of God. Somebody say the grace of God. Grace of God. Uh, it's important. We, we must get the right foundation. Because see, most of the times we get saved by grace. And we want to live our lives by works. Saved by grace, we live by grace. Praise God. If you look at Apostle Paul, he said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Saved by grace, kept by grace. That's all. That's the bottom line. Number two, salvation is through faith. It's through what? Salvation is through faith. Say it. Salvation is through faith. Salvation is through faith. Look at it. The Bible says, for by grace you are saved. Ephesians 2, 8. By grace you are saved through faith. Through faith, you are saved through faith. Second Tim- Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Through faith. Can you see that? How are you saved? Through faith. We are saved through faith. We are saved through faith. We are saved through faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. He says, and if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in the heart, that's faith there, that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. How are you saved? When you confess with your mouth and you what? Believe in your heart. Salvation is a product of faith. Look at verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Can somebody give me an amen there? John chapter 20, verse 31 is important. I'm just giving you the elementary basis. When I come back to it later, we will get into some other dimensions. But these are written that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. How do we get life through his name? Believing. Somebody say believing. Believe. Say believing. Believe. Yeah, believing. Salvation is by grace. And it's through faith. You don't, now let, let me tell you this. You don't feel saved to be saved. You don't feel safe. You don't have to feel saved to be saved. Am I complicating here? Yeah. Some, some people think that they've lost their salvation because they don't feel like they are saved. Yeah. I don't feel like they are saved. Sometimes people fall into one temptation or the other and they, say that they begin to feel like they are, they, are, they are unsaved. Listen, it's not like that. Salvation is not based on your feelings. It's a faith thing. Somebody say it's a faith thing. Uh-huh. He said, you don't have to feel safe to be saved. Salvation is not a thing to feel, but a fact to believe. Somebody say a fact you must believe. It's a fact you must believe. Once you confess Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are certified saved. That's all. It's not, it's not something that you feel. I feel saved. No. Then you will never feel it. Satan will actually play with your emotions most of the time. 
Praise God. Yeah. When you believe it, you know it without a shadow of doubt. So when somebody meets you, have you confessed Christ as your Lord and Savior? Are you born again? Are you saved? That's it. When you die now, where are you going? I'll be standing before God in the Almighty. Am I communicating? There's no shadow of doubt whatsoever. Why? Because I've confessed Christ as my Lord and my Savior. That's it. Am I communicating here? I have faith in Christ. Give me a believing amen there. Amen. Number three, salvation is a gift. Somebody say it's a gift. Uh-huh. So those of us who are trying hard to get it and earn it, you don't earn a gift. You receive a gift. Somebody say I receive a gift. Yeah, and we receive it by what? Faith. Salvation is a gift. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, he said, by grace ye are saved. Ephesians 2 8, by grace ye are saved through faith. 2 8, by grace ye are saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. You could not have saved yourself. God gifted you with salvation. God gifted us with salvation. Look at Romans 6 23. He said, for the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life. That's all. Eternal life comes through Jesus Christ. That's how it comes. And Romans chapter 11, for those of you who are in doubt and contemplating whether salvation is there or not, for the gift and the callings of God are without repentance. Can somebody shout an amen? amen. So don't let Satan lead, lead you astray and make you confused. God has gifted you with salvation and it is in your bosom. Shout, I am saved. I am saved. And I am saved for sure. Saved for Number four, salvation is not of works. Somebody say it's not of works. Not of works. Salvation is not of works. It's important. The Thessalonian church was saved and they were saved for sure. It's not of works. Verse nine, he said, by grace you are saved through faith, that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Not of works, not of works, not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works. Yeah, if salvation had been by works, I tell you, I tell you, hey, I tell you, I tell you, hey, even that now that is not even of works, the way some people push it in our nose, praise God. I'm telling you, salvation is not of works. Somebody say it's not of works. Hear me and hear me good. No amount of good works can save you. So forget about it. Pastor is not saying don't do good works. I'll come back to it. But good works does not save you. Being kind does not save you. Yeah, it doesn't save you. It doesn't save you. Good works never saves anybody. Look at what the Bible says. In Titus chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, and to be ready to every good work. Okay? Titus chapter verse 2. To speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Verse 3. He said, For we ourselves, please follow it, for we ourselves were sometimes foolish. Okay? Before we were saved, we were sometimes foolish. But now we are saved, so we are not foolish. Praise God. For we were sometimes foolish, disobedient, 
deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in mildness and envy, hateful and hating one another. Look at verse 4. He said, but after the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Verse 5. He says, not of works of righteousness. Can somebody follow that? Not of works of what? Righteousness. Not of works of righteousness, which we have done. But according to his mercy, he saved us. Can somebody shout an amen? amen? I tell you, if it was our works, eh, we would never be saved. Too. I'm your pastor. If it is my works, I will not be saved yet. Praise God. Not of works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy. He saved us by the washing of generation and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Can somebody say an amen? amen. Shout a better amen. amen. Good works do not guarantee salvation, but they authenticate the genuineness of our faith in Christ and our continuous growth and maturity in him. That's what good works does. Good works do what? They authenticate the genuineness of our faith in Christ and our continuous growth and maturity in him. Please understand that. Those two are very important. Sometimes somebody is a Christian and is misbehaving. Maybe not living right. Fornicating and all. And you can easily say he's not saved. Praise God. The fact that a Christian is fornicating does not mean that he's not saved. Praise God. Yeah, that is when you are looking at salvation in the works realm again. Because if he says he's fornicating, so he's not saved, it means he's saved by not fornicating. And that is not the basis for salvation. Very, very important. Our good works do not guarantee salvation, but they authenticate the genuineness of our faith in Christ and our continuous growth in him. Now listen. You see, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's what? A new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Somebody say, all things have become new. Now, Matthew chapter 3 verse 8. He said, bring forth therefore fruit meat for repentance. Once you get born again, some old things must go away and some new things must come. Am I communicating? Now, the fact that some people do not easily let go of their old does not mean that they are not saved. And I'm coming, I'll come back to it so you appreciate it. Because there are three kinds of people. We have baby Christians, we have carnal Christians, and we have spiritual Christians. All of them are saved. When you see a baby Christian, he can be acting sometimes like he's not saved. But when you see a carnal Christian, that is a Christian who looks like an unbeliever complete. Praise God. But he's saved. Somebody say he's saved. Say he's saved. Now, because we need to understand. When we understand what happens at salvation, we can appreciate this. Number, number five. At salvation, a brand new spirit is imparted to your spirit. Somebody say, at salvation. at salvation. That means when you get born again, a brand new spirit is imparted to your spirit. Your spirit is regenerated. If any man be in Christ, he's what? A new creature. Which part of his being is a new creature? You, you are dark. When you got born again, did you become fair? Eh? You are tall. When you got born again, did you become short? You are dark. You have become even darker. <laughs> Praise God. Why? Because that's who you are. Praise God. 
When you get born again physically, nothing changes about you. And so, in your soul system, in your soul wise, nothing also changes. But in your spirit, a brand new you emerges. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. You see, man is made up of three parts. You have spirit, you have the soul, and you live in the body. Now look at what the Bible says in the book of Ezekiel chapter 36, 36 verse 25 to 27. Look at this. He said, then I will sprinkle, I will sprinkle what, clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your fitness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. And a new heart also I will give you, and a new spirit. Somebody say a new spirit. I will put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. Verse, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my status and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Somebody say an amen. amen. So at salvation, a new spirit came into you. Your spirit was not renovated. Your spirit was recreated. Somebody say my spirit was recreated. A new spirit. A brand new species was born. Praise God. But look at this. At salvation, your mind and body do not change. When we say somebody is saved, it doesn't mean that his mind has changed. That's why somebody can be saved, but he can still be thinking some way. Somebody can be saved and his body is leading him to do things. Am I communicating? Somebody who is safe and is fornicating, you know which part of his body is doing, which part of his being is doing? It's his body. It's his flesh. His spirit doesn't want that because the spirit is saved. Praise God. But the body, the body, the body, the body. So the Bible says, now that you are saved, crucify your body. Have you seen that? Crucify your body so that your body, Paul said, I keep my body and I bring it under because if you don't bring your body under, it will not allow the spirit to flourish. Can somebody give me a name in there? Yeah. The spirit wants to have control, but your body is ruling. Look at what the Bible says. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. And the very God of peace. Somebody say the very God. Say the very God. Sanctify you what? Holy. And I pray God that your whole what? Body be preserved blameless unto the coming. How many parts do you have there? Spirit, soul, and body. Praise God. At salvation, what happened to your spirit? It was recreated. At salvation, what happened to your mind? The same. At salvation, what happened to your body? The same. Praise God. Now, if your spirit is saved, your body and your mind are not saved. Are you not going to have a conflict? You are going to have a conflict. You are going to have a conflict. And... It is what you do with the conflict that will determine which one you will become. Whether you become a spiritual person, you'll be a carnal person, or you'll be a baby forever. But on all the three scores, you are saved. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Look at how Romans put it. He said, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. He said, I, present, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present what? Your bodies as living sacrifices. Your spirit is saved, but present your bodies as living sacrifices. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Then verse 2, he tells you about what to do with your mind. He said, be not conformed to this word, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now listen, how will somebody who is saved be able to live a life that pleases God? By the sacrifice of the body and by the transformation of the mind. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Uh -huh. 
So when you see a Christian who is walking some way, don't condemn him and say, you are going to hell. Be careful. Praise God. If he's going to hell, where are you going to? Because the basis for your salvation is not different from his salvation. Praise God. Be careful. You are saved, but you need to align your thinking. Your thinking must come in, in, line, in agreement with the word of God. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Now look at what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1 to 4. And he was talking about this. He said, now I, brethren, please follow this. I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. Say spiritual. So the first category of people he's talking about are spiritual people. Number two, he said, but as unto Cana, even as unto babes in Christ. So now he's addressing three groups of people. One, spiritual. Two is Cana. And three is babes. Look at verse two. Why? 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 He said, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you are not able to bear, neither yet are ye now able. Look at verse number three. For you are yet Cana. For whereas there is envy among you, envy, strife, divisions, are ye not carnal and you not walk as men. Verse 4, he says, For one said, I'm a four, and another said, I'm a four. Apollos, are you not carnal? So, what you do with your mind and your body is what will determine which one you will be. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Number seven, the process of spiritual growth begins after salvation. Somebody said, The process of spiritual growth. Say the process of spiritual growth. Uh -huh. You see, you must grow if you move from the realm of a baby Christian and the realm of a carnal Christian. What God wants you to be is a spiritual Christian. Now you are born again, but he wants you to be spiritual. How will you become spiritual? By growing spiritually. Because in 1 Peter 2 verse 2, he said as newborn babies, when you got born again, you were born as a baby. Everybody is born as a baby first. Is that not it? You are born as a baby and as a baby you must grow. How do you grow? As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Haven't you seen that the more you expose yourself to the word of God, some of you before, before, when you got born again, there were a lot of habits that you were dealing with, a lot of confusion around you, a lot of things that you used to you struggle with. But as you expose yourself to the word of God gradually over the years, you see that they are going away by themselves? Are they going away? Yeah, because why? You are growing. And when you are growing, when a child is a child, when you put them pampas, they poo, -poo in it. But when a child is growing, he, he, he will grow out of diapers. Diapers, they'll grow out of it. they grow out of it. Because they are growing. So, the challenge with people who have problems with sin, most of the time, is not that they are not saved. It's because they are not growing. Praise God. Because they are largely not growing. Number eight, the dividends of salvation are not only spiritual. The dividends of salvation are not only what? Spiritual. The dividends of salvation. Some people say, me, I just want to be saved. Listen, being saved does not mean that leave the money for unbelievers to have it. Praise God. The dividends of salvation are not only spiritual. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 9. He said, but beloved, we are persuaded of better things of you and things that accompany salvation. There are things that accompany salvation. Divine health accompanies you. Prosperity accompanies you. Second Peter chapter 2, verse chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Look at it. He said, 
Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Look at verse 3. He said, according as his divine power had given unto us all things that pertains to life and godliness. All things. Somebody say all things. So when you are saved, God gives you all things that pertains to life and godliness. Galatians 3 verse 13. He said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having been made a curse for us, for it is written, curse is every man that hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through faith. The dividends of salvation cannot be maximized without a commitment to continual spiritual growth. Somebody say the dividends of salvation. Say the dividends of salvation. Say the dividends of salvation. Cannot be maximized without commitment to continual spiritual growth. When you read this scripture, he says they were walking like men. In other words, they were not supposed to function like men. But they were operating like men. They were operating like ordinary men. Why? Because they have not grown. I see you growing. I see you growing. I see you growing in faith. I see you growing in grace. In the name of Jesus. Number 10, salvation can only be found in Christ Jesus. Salvation can only be found where? In Christ Jesus. Salvation can only be found in Christ Jesus. For if any man be where? In Christ. When you are not in Christ, you are not saved. Praise God. But are you in Christ? How many of you are in Christ? How did you get in Christ? By faith. Salvation by grace through faith. You came into Christ. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. He said, neither is there salvation in any other name. For there is no name under heaven given unto man by which we might be saved. John 14 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father except by me. Romans says, being justified freely by grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Number 11, salvation can only be assessed by the living. Somebody say salvation. Say salvation can be assessed by the living. Only the living can be saved. When you die without Christ, you are dead for good. Praise God. No amount of mass or English they do for you can save you. Once you are dead, you are dead. That's all. There's nothing like purgatory. There's no transition. Once you are dead, the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it is appointed unto man to die once. And after death, judgment for the one who did not put his faith in Christ. You remember when the rich man went, Lazarus, their, their destinations were clearly defined. He said, our brothers, send them so that they will be saved. He said, hey, listen, you can't be an evangelist here. If you have anything to this, it's too late. Stay where you are. Let them stay where they are. Finally, salvation comes with a responsibility. Somebody say salvation. salvation. Comes with a responsibility. It's very important. You are saved by grace. Heaven is your place. Once you have confessed Christ as your Lord and Savior, Heaven is your destination. Say an amen. amen. No ban, no cap. By faith, heaven is your destination. But while you are on your way to heaven, there are some things God wants you to do. And hear me, those things you are supposed to do are not the things that are determining whether you go to heaven or not. Please understand that one very well. It's so, 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 so important that we understand that. Look at First Peter 2, verse 11 and 12. Because a lot of people have been 
operating with a well conscious mind. Look at it. He said, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against what? Your soul. Look at verse 12. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they, by your good works, they, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Praise God. Our good works have a way to communicate to other people. Your good works do not amount to anything before God. But they communicate to others about God. Am I communicating? It communicates to others about God. So the works we do have a way. Listen, I wrote here, you don't fulfill the responsibility to be saved. You fulfill them to prove the authenticity of your salvation and continuous growth in Christ. The faithful discharge, take note, the faithful discharge of your responsibilities that salvation brings will earn you a reward but it does not affect your salvation. Never forget that. Praise God. I said it will earn you what? A reward, but it does not affect your salvation. It will earn you a reward. And I will take over from there in some other teaching. Not, to, not, not in this series. I'll come back here. Yeah, You need to understand. Salvation is not a reward. <laughs> Hear me? I know I've disturbed some people's theology. Yeah, because, yeah. Salvation is not a reward. If you go to heaven because you didn't fornicate, it's a reward. Is that not it? It's a reward. If you go to heaven because you never cheated, it's a reward. You are, you are being rewarded, Abby. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't lie, you didn't cheat, and then uh, come and enter heaven. It's a reward. But what are we told? It is the gift of God. Did you see that? It's a gift of God. It's a gift of God. But when we go there, your works of righteousness, if you didn't fornicate, God will give you a reward for not fornicating. So in heaven, there are people who will be there, saved all right, but they will be lacking certain rewards. And most of the time, we confuse these two things. Salvation is not a merit. Salvation is a gift. Somebody says salvation is a gift. Uh-huh. So if you decide that you are not going to live right, after you are saved, you must be mindful of the other side. When you get there, there will be no reward for you. The Bible talks about a crown of righteousness. He said, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of righteousness. Traditional thinking will disturb you, but go and meditate on it. Take the message, listen again and again. You see, a lot of people are saved. But if you ask them, if you die today, where will you go? They don't know. It's because they are thinking about all the sins they have been committing. Listen, forget about it. That's not what is taking you to heaven. That's not what is taking you to heaven. It's your faith in God that decides your faith in eternity. You are saved by grace through faith. Pastor has not said, don't live right. That's not what I've said. Praise God. Uh -huh. If that is what your mind is telling you, that is your mind. That's not what I said. If you go to heaven by your works and then you have served God. Let's say you have served God all your life, Ebo. And then one day, somebody tempted you and you fell into temptation. <laughs> and then Jesus comes, then you are going to hell. Huh? Now, then the man who committed wild crimes and he had the opportunity to be on the cross with Jesus. Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. You, you have lived for God all your life. One day, you missed it. And God says you are going to... God must be a wicked God. Don't, you don't think so? 
God must be a very wicked God. God must be a very wicked God. It's because we think we can end salvation. Salvation is not end. Please, let it enter your... I, I know a lot of traditional thinkers are here. So I, I want you to go and brood over it. Yeah, brood over it. I've reflected, I've meditated on it. And I knew coming to teach you this, it will not go easy with you. But I've taught it. Praise God. I've taught it. You need to know it. So that you can be sure without a shadow of doubt that tomorrow if something happens to you, you are saved. Can somebody give me an amen? You are saved. You are saved. You are saved. How can you be a Christian for all these years when they ask you, so if Jesus comes, will you go? Sometimes you go for even evangelism. And uh, uh, the person, oh, so you, if Jesus comes, will you go? He said, he we don't know. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. If you don't know, then what are you coming to tell me about? And the reason why you don't know is because somebody's head was uh, like a square. And you said it. And Satan is telling you. <laughs> That because you say somebody's head is a square. You have insulted somebody, so you go to hell. Praise God. Praise God. You are blessed. You are blessed. Go and listen to the message again. I will come back and teach again. Praise God. Somebody say, I'm saved for sure. Say, I am saved for sure. I know I am saved. I am bound for heaven. I'm a candidate of heaven. I don't earn heaven. Heaven is credited to my account. By reason of the cross. Jesus has gifted me heaven. By the blood on the cross. Thank you father. We bless you tonight. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for revelation. Thank you for liberty in the spirit. Thank you that we are free to serve and to honor you. We give you praise and glory for salvation. Thank you for healing that is going forth to anyone who is sick here. We give you glory, honor, and majesty. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Fakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by Pastor Fuakwa, please call 540 or 204 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Fuakwa on Facebook and Twitter. You can also visit our website at www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services. 6.30 a.m. First service. 8.45 a.m. Second service. And on Wednesdays for our Word Encounter service at 6 o'clock p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanaama Ejakuma Plaza. Opposite the Unity Oil Station. Santasi Roundabout. Kumasi, Ghana. God richly bless you. Oh, 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 oh.